0: And welcome to Explore Being Outdoors with me, Claire Bright. Today I'm joined by the incredibly talented Helen Ellis, a creative and original graphic designer. Helen created the Green Ground Map, which shows the green and blue spaces in London, Edinburgh and Bristol. She also created a book ground map, connecting people to the local libraries across London. She is really passionate about plein air painting and her artistic aptitude has seen a development of a love of observing nature through painting and drawing and sketching. During her time in London, she decided to walk to work every day and is passionate about sustainable transport. Helen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Claire. Thanks for having me. Obviously, I've, um, I've, got, I've been very lucky to get hold of your green ground, um, underground map for um, the London map um, and you showed such a talent to be able to map that out um, obviously you've got a real talent for graphic design as well as a passion for the environment um, where did that kind of starting point come from to be so creative as you did you have that a lot of influence when you were growing up to be creative or does it just come from you
1: uh, yeah, it's interesting you ask that because I think it is mostly me. And if I look at my uh, family, I think there's a definitely an element of being crafty. And um, I've heard there have been quite good decisions in the family. But I, no one has really had this uh, art career before. So I had to have to figure uh, things out myself. Um, so the early influence, I believe is probably was books. And i just read everything and i just um, i got inspired by um, by some nature books um, i got inspired I, I read quite a lot of uh, english literature when mm-hmm. i was maybe uh, around 12 um, and i kind of i was just waiting to get home from the school and just you know spend few hours alone with my books. Mm. And um, and then um, I didn't think of it at the moment. But obviously, a, a book itself is a graphic design. Mm. And it has, but it also has images, it has, you know, illustrate illustrations. And I was kind of getting into this, but I didn't know it at the time. I even didn't know there there could be a profession like a graphic designer, I It never occurred to me to pursue this. So I kind of ended up in a roundabout way. um, I went to actually study uh, tourism as my first degree, I was thinking, Oh, I I love traveling, I do that. But then I discovered that when you work in tourism, you have to be quite extroverted. It's not really, I mean, you help other people travel, it's not so much about yourself. And, um, and afterwards, I it was early 2000s, computers were still quite new and i just started to play around with graphic design i got a job in the graphic design and ended up um, working in university for a few years and then went to study in bristol so
0: yeah it, it wasn't very straightforward but eventually i kind of got there on this creative path it's like an organic process isn't it sometimes you don't realize but it just is there sitting in the background um, I'm quite similar to you. I just love picking up a pencil, picking up a paintbrush. Do you do you love painting and drawing as well, uh, or are you mainly do you mainly enjoy kind of being creative on the computer?
1: Yeah, this was interesting because computer for me was the first platform I felt I can do stuff, and it kind of people said it was fine. I've always wanted to draw and paint, and I've always done this for myself, but I never felt I was good enough but, because if you don't get exposed to this um and i think uh, i didn't have the courage to go to the art school i always thought i'm not creative enough and um i was kind of copying stuff on my own but i never really re- learned the techniques and things and um it's only now when i'm really delving deeper into this and i'm i'm reading all the because we have all this information available we have so many you know, and um, you can't find anything out. And at yeah. that time, it, there were all these, all these walls, and you just, I had books, but I still I read them and still didn't quite get them. And now you can just, you know, you can, I probably have some sort of, I'm not quite sure I might have some, um, I might have uh, ADHD thing okay. as well as, as I growing up. And I've seen things visually, it kind of helped me i was always jumping projects and um, i could do something for maybe three days and then uh, I just you know just change change all the time but um yeah i mean having these resources available now um really helped me and seeing other creatives work um you learn from them and you see what you like you take it on you and having platforms to display your work as well which actually happened with the brain ground map because if if this i couldn't have put this out no one would have seen it so
0: mm-hmm. do you find I the art it... helps your adhd does it help uh, yeah, calm your so. thoughts I mean, uh, and that's the
1: outdoors and walking Mm. and i think this is when um why i got into walking first place because Mm. um being in the busy environments can be quite overwhelming and um, i like to be alone and i like to be in the nature and even in early days I, i actually my first thing i was confident enough was photography and i had this really basic uh camera but I love to go to the zoo, and I and uh, I just I saw these amazing wildlife photo photos in National Geographic or somewhere, or or and and I was like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, I really want to pursue this. I would really love to do. And again, there was this this level I couldn't cross. But even just going to the zoo with my you know quite a small camera and and making photos and just being outdoors and and. Yeah, I think all these things sort of, I think there's this connection, Um, people with ADHD probably like these
0: visual environments and are often quite creative, it's just how you channel this. Mm. I think it's really interesting as well that you were saying that people have this perception that you have to do things a certain way you have to have all the techniques in the world to paint and draw uh, and be creative and i think what's remarkable about you is that you've kind of broken that barrier down you realize that actually being creative comes from within we have this innate ability to be creative be artistic without necessarily always knowing how Sometimes I'll pick up a paintbrush and don't quite know exactly what I'm going to be painting or what paint I'm going to use. But there's a, uh, something within me that guides me on and you don't always have to have the technique. I and mean, sometimes, as you say, you know, following a book is difficult because that you're following someone else's technique. And I think fact, sometimes it's quite personal to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love how you say that it comes from within, within. And and it's now, because before I always
1: thought, oh, I have to copy this and to get this. And it was really hard. And now I'm thinking oh, actually it's expressing myself and, and whatever technique there is, whatever tool I just want to grab. And in nature, it's especially good because... For example, if you're doing portraiture, you probably would have to have some kind of um, similarity. But in nature, you can really just look at
0: the clouds and just put the paint down and just go
1: go with your feeling.
0: Yeah, just enjoy it. So you've recently been developing plain air painting and you you're developing a passion for this. So oh have yeah. you been going out to your local area to paint? Where have you been doing your plein air painting?
1: Uh, I live in a very built up area in Tallinn, and it's probably one of the most highest uh, concentration of people in Estonia. And I think it's about 10,000 10, people in one square kilometer. Yeah. But we are quite lucky in a way that there's a this nature reserve not uh, just next to us, and there's a river and the river valley. Uh, so what I do, um, I just take my paints, my, um, my little chair I got last week, and I just uh, go outside, whatever the weather is, um, and find a wild spot and sit down and just observe a scene and try to capture it the way I see it. And because I've always walked and I traveled a lot. And um, but there's always this rushing, thinking when you go to somewhere else you yeah. just you know, there's a time I have to go somewhere. And I see and, and I also see people there just walking or running and having a glance and, and when I'm in a one spot for an hour, I can really memorize this scene. And it slows me down. And before I would have just, you know, walk five kilometers and um, and it would be a pleasant walk but now when i think of this this uh, sketch i did last week i can see it in my mind's eye more clearly and um, and also um, it's a good reason to just be outside outdoors and do something productive with your time as well
0: i like that idea of that absence of time that time almost kind of freezes when you're in that moment and everything else becomes you're in a bubble you're in this artistic bubble and um, yeah exactly it's, yeah. It, it everything that you think matters doesn't matter anymore <laughs> you know um you don't have to rush you don't have to do the laundry you don't have to do this this, and this um you are just connected to drawing whatever it is that you're drawing um and when I
1: was trying but these saw these sort of, i mean I've seen many um painters um in here but when i was traveling i always saw people um painting outdoors and, and, and it, again it felt like something i can cannot do another wall and i i wanted to be them in a way mm-hmm. and because i didn't feel i had this these tools or I couldn't imagine just sitting down and starting to paint. It was embarrassing because people would walk past and see what you're doing. And, and now I'm just, I'm, I don't care. I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> I don't care what they think.
0: No, it's, good for you, know, you. I think it's a really artistic process. Yeah. So. And it's something that for centuries people have done. Although the, you know some of the most famous painters, they went into their studios and did it remotely. But a lot of the key impressionists they were outside they were outside and you can see sometimes almost the grains of sand on their actual painting that have been caught and blown into the paint so this idea of kind of being immersed is not a new one but is something which is really profound and um, really important for all of us to engage with
1: looking um, and lots of these people were actually men and I get inspired from you know uh, the impressionists and Turner and uh, but uh, lots of people I follow now seem to be women so yeah. uh, for women it I think it's still quite a new thing mm-hmm. um, and yeah um, and uh, last time when I was out it was raining now I have all these rain marks on my sketchbook and it's part of the experience to you know, immerse yourself. Use the tools, you've got sticks and stuff you find on nature. Um, and I just feel I'm getting started because I haven't uh, bought my acrylics or oils out yet. Uh, it's still a
0: watercolor, but it's just this something I really want to experiment mm. with. Go for it, go for it. You're gonna love it, <laughs> you're gonna love it. And um, I wanna bring you back to um, your amazing uh, design for your maps that you created. Um, And the features, for example, on the London map, um, you have little icons on there. So if people wanted to do bird watching or they want to do other activities like catch a ferry, um, how did that process, I mean, how do you even go about making a map like that? I mean, it seems incredibly complicated for me. Um, uh, How how difficult was it to actually make uh, a map? Um, of London like that?
1: Uh, London is one of the most difficult maps I have because it's just so big Mm -hmm. Uh, and actually working right now on a new version Uh, it has um, I think the version you have I'm not sure which one it might be but it's has perhaps uh, it started with 300 uh, yeah. about. Yeah, parks. that's what I've got. That's and then if you do 800, now I have over 1000, wow. And I might get a bit too busy. But at the same time, you want to capture all this, you know, we want to put all these all these screen spaces on the map. So um, um, but um, when I, as a graphic designer, uh, there's always these influences, Um, you take from the past. Mm -hmm. And um, I've lived in London for a a bit. Um, And I love the London Underground map. Obviously, Harry Beck's famous map, and it's uh, being re probably every day someone puts out a version of it. But um, I was really thinking, what would I like? Uh, What would this thing that would come from again, like, like with expression is painting what would come uh, from inside and uh, what is something. So I was imagining standing my standing on the bank of Thames and, you know, um, and wanting to cross it and probably taking a ferry and walking from the green space to green space. Um, and it's just the first map. I put out was uh, when the London National Park City was, um, I think it was 2019 and it was just starting. Um, and it was a big thing. And I was thinking, oh, this is such a great idea. And I really, really connected with with this. And um, I put up the first map on Twitter, and they shared it. And it got, uh, I think 400 likes or something. Like that i was like thinking oh okay it's just it's not me it's mm-hmm. uh, other people like that too yeah this uh, this kind of different view of things and although there's so many maps that have tapped into uh, harry beck's idea i think no one has quite um made it in this scale so uh, people said that they would like more uh, green spaces to be added and i mm-hmm. just kept developing it um, and at some point I was thinking, okay, I might actually make a living with this and it worked for a little bit. It's, it's gone a bit more quiet right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, uh, we, uh, I, well, uh, I made maps for other cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made map for Sheffield, which is a really interesting project and a really great green city, I think. And, um, uh, uh, I worked with Birmingham and um, nothing come. So it's kind of the idea spread also wider, but uh, London is somehow sort of my first brainchild. So I keep going back to it. So I also made a map of uh, libraries, so it's a book round map. And it's all about open spaces, which we lose. And, um, we lose parks. We lose our our open spaces where we can just be because everything is, you know, commercialized. And uh, um, as a creative, as uh, someone who who likes these communal spaces, you don't feel pressure. I love libraries as well, and I love to go there and just, you know, this environment of being around books, but also not feeling the pressure that you um, of of some sort of um need to buy something.
0: Um I like the and... fact as well that also if you have the green map there and you're conscious of losing that green space, it it signals people to go and explore those places um that they might not have thought about before. And I suppose if they're more aware of those green spaces, Maybe potentially more likely to protect them from losing them to development, etc. It started
1: in on two thousand nineteen, and I've seen in these couple of years um, there's definitely few um, uh, developments that have been popped up in the parks. I mm. think York Park lost quite a big uh, portion of green spaces, and people really fought for it, and even so. They decided to go on uh, to go further i think wimbledon park is uh in threat right now uh because they want to expand the tennis facilities and take off the green space and uh the warren farm in uh, east london has been campaigning for a while now also um they plan to make more facilities but um so there's a lot of the, the green spaces are being chopped little by little. Mm. And uh, although in number you, uh, we know that there are probably 3000 3, green spaces in London area. But in reality, they might be quite small. Mm. So the number doesn't really significant uh, signify the, the amount of green space available. Also lots of golf. Uh, call courses or um, uh, facilities that are not available uh, for public. And I think in COVID, we saw that quite Mm -hmm. clearly, uh, what you have in your uh, nearby area. On the bright side, um, London is a green city as well, because of the large uh, parks, there's epic forest uh, Mm -hmm. just on the spurts of um, uh, north Northeast London. Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, War Farm is in the West side. Uh, and uh, um, Hyde Park, uh, Richmond, um, obviously, um, uh, wetlands, mm-hmm. uh, new wetlands have been opened up for people. Um, so it's a joy to see. Uh, and I'm quite fascinated about um, uh, the area around things, uh, especially, uh, on the east side which seems which has a quite a lot of development but also it has still open space left as well and now it's a it's a question of decisions what you're going to do with it is it going to be another um will it be a wetland or will it be another development
0: so we'll see i mean the london wetland center is incredible it's an amazing place and you you almost forget you are in London as well when you go there. Um, and I think that's interesting about your maps as well. It's not just the green spaces. You do focus on blue spaces as well. Um, was that a kind of a really clear decision in your mind that it would be a duality of, of both green and blue spaces? You wanted, Did you want to include both? Uh,
1: yeah, definitely. And um, no. because... When you're a walker, uh, when we walked, we walked a, lo- a lot along the uh, canals, and the and canals and rivers have been opened up for walkers and uh, cyclists. And they are very, really, um, they've always been through centuries, the um, guidelines for people to um, not get lost. And um, if you, uh, I lived very close to Thames, so, and we didn't have many green spaces around. Uh, so my open space was Thames. So I just walked to the Thames and I and um, because London is very complicated. Uh, I often uh, felt rested when I just followed the Thames path, And because there was no thinking involved, of, of, or navigation, I just followed the river. Uh, and at the same time, um, um, there are uh, the rivers are, are landmarks that don't change so much, whereas this streetscape changes all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, many London rivers have been um, diverted underground. There's lost rivers, they're still there, mm-hmm. but they're not running on the ground, they're running in the in the uh, pipes. Or um, So there is a moment to open rivers up and to bring them back. But um, again, um, it, it probably will take time for people to um, uh, reach reach to this understanding that uh, rivers are part of our ecosystem, our green infrastructure.
0: Mm and something to be enjoyed as well um, and that's Absolutely. yeah, and that's why um, on your map there are all the activities and your logos and your keys are so beautifully presented because it's so accessible for people if they wanted to go to a green space or go to a blue space and know potentially there might be a viewpoint there or they could go bird watching there and um, it's such an accessible map too And I just wondered, because obviously, you you lived in London for a long time, you were very keen on walking and you walked every day. Is there a particularly kind of favourite green space that you love?
1: Um, actually, I uh, lived in London only for two years. Mm. But I started uh, visiting London um, in my early 20s. It was one of the first cities I I traveled. And uh, I was so um, I just was so happy with this uh, vocability. Um in, in a sense, I always, um, um, I stayed near uh, Kensington Garden. So this was my first, I, I just remember this first evening, when I walked in there, I was like, wow, this this, this is amazing. And I um, and seeing all these uh, uh, wildfowl on the um, on the ponds, and and it, it kind of this was my first love, I suppose. But now I've obviously seen many more spaces, and um, it's very hard to say. I would say that my favorite green space is actually blue space, and and it's Thames.
0: Oh. And, um,
1: because I did walk every day and my path would go along the thames and across uh, near the date, um, I would cross on the other side and then walk again. And uh, it was just a, such a great walk to do in the mornings. Um, because lots of people uh, would probably take a train and then a subway uh, take a tube and, 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 the, one of the aim of the green ground map is to uh, bring people over ground and away because you see so much more this the air is uh, fresher obviously depending where you are but but still um, uh, you get exercise and you might not actually s- uh, save so much time when you're going underground uh, because some of the connections i think when i would have um i would have had to uh, to go to London Bridge, which obviously really complicated a large um, station. And for me, uh, walking would take about about the same time uh, when going actually with the transport. But um yeah um, and it's interesting you say that if this map is accessible because the the main reason for making this map was that people are familiar with the with the tube map, and it's loved and, and people know exactly um, how to navigate with this. So um, this maps kind of says it's okay to go there. Yeah, um, it's fine. And uh, because it's a city, the risk is very small. I mean, you can get lost, but then you just hop on a on a bus or a train or, or a tube and you it, it will be fine. Um, so yeah, uh, it's taking the people using the same method as a transport map, but uh, taking it in the context of walking, and showing people that you, know, um, it, you might not know this area, but it's it's fine, you can go there. Um,
0: it's yeah. like seeing London in a new way. Seeing London in a (laughs) way that that. you haven't ever seen before. Um, Or you think you know London. um, But have you actually explored it fully? Or have you sat in a train? (laughs) Um, Have you you really, you know... I think when you're on your feet. And you're walking and you're going. Or if you're cycling as well. Mm. You see so much more. Um, around the, the city that you're in, whether it's London or Bristol, or, um, which is why your maps are so useful. Um, I just want to finish by asking you what your future dreams, aspirations are and what you kind of hope to do next, what your next um, kind of ad- adventurous activity would be.
1: Oh, um well, I think I've always um, wanted to do maps because I'm really going into this, but I'm really passionate about this plein air uh, painting. Mm. And also I've just started bird watching mm. and and just getting and nature, watching general generally just paying attention and uh, getting closer to nature. Um, so it's slowing down a bit, mm. uh, not rushing, not thinking, like before, I would have planned a hike, um, of, um, you know, just getting from point one to point B, taking some photos on the way, putting it on Instagram and saying, oh, great, it was great. Whereas now, I think I, in last couple of weeks, i walked perhaps only a couple of kilometers, which is not that great, but you know, uh, but I've, I've seen this landscape with the different eyes, it's, it's become part of me in mm-hmm. a way, whereas before I would have just passed it very quickly. Um, and bird watching has been uh, also just uh, for a few months, uh, I've been doing this, but um, I've seen the white tailed eagle which was uh, really really nice wow. and that was like oh wow i can't believe this but
0: pretty uh, good way to start yeah.
1: <laughs> your first bit of bird watching
0: that was quite uh yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: and um and i i love to go to this area where there's um to watch the the immigration um of the of the winter birds of the uh to watch the winter migration um, uh, in the west of Estonia. So um, I think it's it's a, it's a little hard to combine the bird watching and plein air painting, but I will try to do this, and uh, just get into uh, deeper into these um, these activities. I think.
0: Well, I wish you so much luck with it. You clearly have the talent and the creativity to see you through. And I wish you the best of luck. And thank you so much for being on my podcast today. I've really enjoyed meeting with you. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. It was
1: so thank fun you. to chat with you. Thanks thank for having you.
0: me. What a joy it was to speak to Helen this morning. I wish her all the best with her future painting outdoors. Thank you for listening to Explore Being Outdoors with me, Claire Bright.